You're listening to Redemption City Church. For more information, check us out at redemptioncitychurch.com. It's been such a been such a, a different morning this morning, and, and I'm ready to share on some stuff. But I'm I just feel there's there's been such a moment here this morning, you know, and the it's almost like already been a meeting of two halves, where in the worship as we put our focus on Jesus, Jesus highlighted some individuals and highlighted some deep truths for individuals, touched some people, and then we switch right from that and we go into getting some feedback about the equip. Uh, which is all of us together, and so it's like Jesus, individuals, big picture, and it's, uh, I, I just, I feel like there's a, there's, a, there's a moment here for us, and uh, I, I, w- I want to just, just start with this, uh, and, and let's, see where, let's, see where we, let's see where we go. I've got stuff to preach, but I don't have to preach if I don't, if I don't need to. We, we use some language here that I'm not sure many people are familiar with, and we, and we call it an equip. And there's a reason it's an equip and not a conference. Ty, can you just come and tell us what that is? Tyra leads New Covenant Ministries International. Come and tell us why we do equips and not conferences. Good morning. How are you doing? <clears throat> well, I'm not sure why conferences, because I don't think I've ever been to one, so I... Uh, I that's a joke, sorry. Um, <laughs> we, we've got nothing against conferences, but we feel like our role, our responsibility from what we see in Scripture is to help equip people. Uh, rather than just preach a message, pick a, a, a session you'd like to go, uh, we'd rather actually take, like we see in Ephesians chapter 4, the gifts were given to equip saints for works of service, yeah. ultimately that they may grow up and become like Jesus. And so for us an equip... The emphasis is obviously Jesus about equipping people, but it's not just necessarily what happens at our time. I think a conference, you go, you get a moment, you get a, a word or whatever, and you, run, you leave from that place. We believe what happens there actually should change everything when we go from there. And so we, we've done these equips. We continue to do them. It's one of our kind of vehicles for building into local churches in a region. And uh, we often, most times, don't really know what happened there. <laughs> We know what God spoke. We know some of the things He's done in us. But the fruit is not what happens there, what happens from there. Again, and I think a conference you go, you get, and then you go, and you leave, and you just kind of take what you've said. But there's a, an equipping changes us. God does things in us and with us so He can do things through us. And so for us, that's the reasoning for it, is that we come together, uh, be equipped by preachers, speakers, but more than that, by the Holy Spirit. And we want to teach people at every level in everything we do. So the worship team is equipping people and leading worship, uh, contributions, how we lead meetings and everything else. So we realize it's showing people rather than just telling people. And so in a sense, that's why we do equips. And you should be an equip if you want to be equipped in what God has for you. So, so, so when... And I mean, you could look at this stuff online, right? There's a conference on this subject. And you go down and you look online, and you can see who's preaching which session eight months in advance or a year in advance, whatever, they, however long they've advertised that conference. You can see who's preaching what session, when, and what they're preaching on. We, we don't do that at Equips. Yeah, we've never done that. Just 
talk us, talk us through that. Yeah, and again, we're not against that at all. Please hear me. Uh, but there is, it's a bit hard to hear God for eight months down the road of what you're going to share. Uh, the way we roll, just because we, we keep everyone on their toes, we think it's a good thing. Uh, I, I mean, I'm privileged to lead this team, so I get to kind of choose who preaches, but they don't know who's going to preach till the day. And I don't even know who's going to preach till the day. And so the whole team comes ready to preach. How many of you know that's a good thing? Imagine if you didn't know who's going to preach yet, and all of you could preach, how different you'd come to this meeting. Right? There's a trick to this thing. It makes everyone being front-footed, I might be called on to preach. So there's a bad side of that, just so you know, is that everybody wants to preach, and you got to, they're so fired up, and their message is from God, and no one else's. So that's the danger of it. But that's kind of how we go, honestly. And I, I kind of have some sense of what I feel God's wanting to do. And obviously, I don't just do it by myself. I've got guys around me. I ask what their thoughts are and that. But the way we ask is I ask guys what's on their heart, what they feel God's wanting them to share. And then I honestly just try and pray it through, either put myself at, at times or someone else. And in the meeting, we'll make a decision who the next preacher will be, or even in, during worship, who's going to be preaching. And they'll get up and go. So we honestly did that this week quite a few times. In actual fact, I was in one meeting behind the scene meeting someone. I texted TK in the meeting. I'm sorry, I'm just giving it. Is that okay? I said, put this guy up. I was stuck in another meeting. Put this guy up. Go tell him. And when he's finished, I said, okay, text, tell the other guy he's up. And so he was just telling him. I was like, okay, the next guy's up. So it's not that I'm the guy. I'm, trying to, I'm, I'm hoping you hear. I'm not the decider of all things. But we really want to hear God together. We want to make sure that God is putting this thing together. We don't want to be so organized that we're missing what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do. Uh, we are, are about order, and God is a God of order. But God can change things and shift things, and we want to be in that moment hearing God for what it is. And you know what's the amazing thing? Sorry, Tix, now you got me going. I was half asleep, I must confess. <laughs> I'm so tired, I shouldn't even be here. And now I'm going to You just said you're supposed to show up ready to go. Right? I was showed up ready to go. Well, I'm here. Okay. But... Uh, but uh, I can't even remember what I was going to say. It was brilliant. Um, I can't remember. It was brilliant. But <laughs> it was brilliant. Maybe when I'm after my vacation, I'll know. But yeah. I'm, I, uh, it was really good. I'm not joking. I just can't remember it. So, <laughs> uh, so when you look back at the time, because when you're looking forward, I mean, isn't it wonderful when you look back and how everything worked out? But looking forward, you don't have a clue what's going to happen. But you know, God brings people, and the preachers were literally from all over the world. And I didn't, they asked for a theme, and to be honest, I don't know what to say. Because the theme for me is to, to know Christ and make Him known. That's the theme of everything. So that's what I keep saying. And they're like, there must be another theme. No, that's the theme. So that's all I give them. But out of that, when you look back at what's preached, honestly, there's a theme God takes us from. And every guy from every country brings what God's put, and somehow it all fits together. You look back and go, actually, God really is in control. And the Holy Spirit knows exactly what He's doing. If we would just partner with Him, I think we'd be far more fruitful in the things God has for us. So. Yeah. You know, um, <clears throat> it, uh, it really is amazing. I mean, there was, a, there was a couple of, this came out a couple of times in, in, in a few of the sessions uh, Ty said at one time, I believe other people picked up on it, but he said this in a lot of churches, Christ is prominent, but he's not preeminent, right? So he's in the church, but he's not over the church. He's in the church, but he's not the head of the church. And what's amazing for me 
is, is New Covenant Ministries International's apostolic partnership that we, that we partner with, an apostolic team that's been um, going for, I guess 2020 will be 40 years, or was it 40, 40 years now? 40 will be 2020. 40 years. 4-0, 40, 40 years. Over 100 nations around the world. And it's, an, and it's an amazing thing to see people come together from all over the world. Even now, at I equip, we had people from Australia, we had people from South Africa, obviously people from the States, people from Canada. And it's amazing to see this thing. That, that thing of keeping Christ preeminent in a local church is, is pretty hard. I'm not sure why it should be. It should be the easiest thing on earth. But it's pretty hard. But now we've got people coming from all over the world different countries, and the amazing thing is, is to see Christ preeminent in that thing. It's an, it's an, it's an, it's an absolutely amazing thing, you know? I love that, that Psalm 133, where there is unity, God commands blessing. Just comment on that real quick, Todd, just how we keep Christ central in all we do. Well, He, he, he came in to snooze through my preaching. Yes. I just hey, you all up. did. Okay, I see where this is going. So that's no. Yeah. You know what? If I knew we were going to do this, we could have had two barstools up here. We could yeah, have looked we like could've. we planned the whole thing. It would have been. Would have been great. It would have been great. I would have had some coffee before the meeting too. <laughs> but, look, I think honestly, you know, it's not cliche when we say things like that. I, I do believe the church, unfortunately, left to our own devices, we we default from Christ. We don't default to Jesus. And that's fact. And how do I know? Just look at the church today. We are so enamored with ministries and people and prophecy. And, and those are all good things. But they're often the things we pursue at the expense of Jesus himself. Yeah. And that happens, friends. It's, it's, it's like the devil somehow gets it right. I think that's why. If we focus on things other than Jesus, he's got nothing to worry about. Because Jesus is the f one who did it all, finished the work. He, in his name, we have authority. The devil fears Jesus, not us. And if we're busy with ministry and all this stuff at the expense of the revelation of who Jesus is, I don't think we can carry the authority. And so it is a big deal. And I think our role, it, ca it can't be a ministry you carry. It's got to be a life you live. And that's where I think we get kind of in trouble, Teeks. My thing is most guys want to make their churches or ministries about Jesus, but their lives are not about Jesus. And the danger in that is that our lives don't follow our ministry or our church. Our, life, our ministries and church follow our lives. That's why Paul was able to say, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. My life is Christ, not my ministry. And, and so I think we've got to keep doing that. And so the way we try to do that is obviously be intentional. <laughs> um, and, and, and again, in my perspective, just from some feedback, I think some of what Joel was saying was weird, was I think it, if I can be very candid and honest. I was leading this whole thing. I think there was a day we kind of we got busy with a lot of other good ministry, and I felt like the Lord woke my Nicole and I arrested our hearts on the morning, Friday morning early, and said, "You still got to get it. You can bring this thing back to what I wanted to." And I got up and I got the whole team together. And I said, "Listen, guys, who's preaching this morning? Whatever you've got, it better be all about Jesus." I told the guys with the uh, this worship team, without being controlling, "Give me the songs. If they're not about Jesus, we're not singing them." And I think it's that because we so yes, Jesus. Of course, we know Jesus is prominent, but preeminence means He has first place in everything. And then when we have that revelation, and when we contend for that, so. 
I think we've just tried to live it out and be that and keep it simple. Jesus is the center of it all, focus of it all, and everything revolves around that. Every other gift comes in and adds to that, doesn't take from that. I think Jesus is the foundation, and I can go on and on. Just I think apostles first, not because they're higher or better, but their role is to lay the foundation of Christ. So when the apostles are the prophets, evangelists, they don't take from, they build towards with it's not about salvation, it's about Christ and seeing people saved. It's not about the Word of God, it's about Christ and His Word for the, pre, the teacher. It's not about the local church, it's Christ linked to the local church and those things. I think just, that's how we've tried for 15 years since we've been leading. We've worked hard at trying to just make Jesus the absolute focus of it all. Yeah. And people have left and got offended and said, you're too obsessed with Jesus, and we're like, that's cool. <laughs> no, seriously, I mean, people leave for good reasons and unhelpful. If it's about Jesus and you're not happy, then that's great. See ya. Honestly, because Jesus is what God made it all about. If you just read the Bible, then you can't. The Holy Spirit's all about Jesus too, just so you know. And God's about Jesus. He made it that way. And the, so anyway, Jesus is important. And we're trying to just make it all about Jesus. That's the life giver of what we do. Right? Okay. Okay. One more. Yeah. You got one, you, got one more, you got one more question in you? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. There's always more. So we changed our, we changed our language a little while ago. Uh, I, I've, I've been part, you know, I've been, I've been part of uh, NCMI, New Covenant Ministries International, since I guess around 1990, plant, the church we planted in South Africa we planted in partnership with NCMI in 1994. We came back there for the 25th celebration in July. Um, and so we changed our language a little bit oh, along the way. We used to say relating churches, right? We used to, we used to say that these churches relate to NCMI. Right. And then we realized that actually we're in relationship with everybody, right? right. Um, and so we changed our language to try and describe something a little bit more accurately. And we said, no, we're not going to use relating churches anymore. We're going to say partnering churches. Yeah that we partner, it's a local church with a local eldership, right? right? Autonomy means this, self-governing and self-financing. So the elders here, Andrew, Tim, and myself, we govern this church, but we're in partnership with New Covenant Ministry International, which is an apostolic prophetic team. We're in partnership with them. Partnership is always two ways. We partner with them. They partner with us. We give some stuff to them, they bring some stuff to us. So just, and that's probably a very, very loaded question, and you could probably go an hour on that, but no. in, the, in the 30 seconds you've got left, no, I'm joking. Well, all those, go look online, you'll see what I mean. No, no. no I mean, TK, I think, just pretty much described what partnership is with us, and uh, I think in the early days, just so you know, we, we didn't just arrive here, God spoke to people as we went. I mean, just let me just say in this text that, that the Word of God is what matters most to us, honestly. And so our thing is that we are simply trying to be biblical at every level, yes. not just in some things, in all things. And it's, it's very awkward to be biblical because it's not always very organized and this is how everything works. But we've done our best. And in our 40 years of going, we've said if there's something we're doing that's not in the Bible or if it's unbiblical, challenge us. And so this thing of partnership in the early days when this thing was birthed, it was people were so enamored with gifts that they were overriding the relationship behind the gift. 
And so the guys who kind of started this thing, including my dad and some of the guys around, they said we want to talk more about relationship than we do about gift, because it's not about just having a title and a gift, it's about a relationship. And so we used to say we relate to relationship, and that's an amazing word, and it's true, but it became something that people just drink coffee together, but they're doing their own thing eventually. If I have a coffee, we have a relationship. And if you look at the language Paul speaks of in, let's say, Philippians chapter 1, where he writes to the church in partnership, and he says, I always thank God for our partnership in the gospel. And can I just say, as an American to American, it's a dangerous word because it's all over your Christian TV here. Partner with us, give to our ministry, and we'll send you a little cloth with my anointing and all the nonsense. It's true, I'm sorry. That's not what, so while this could mean something different in this country, partnership is kunania. Paul says, I thank God for the kunania, the partnership we have together. And that partnership is that we work together, bring in everything we have to get this gospel. He didn't say partnership in our ministry or in your church, but in the gospel, to get this gospel to the uttermost parts of the earth together, to help and strengthen and encourage local churches. So we're not guest speakers in relationship. We're, we're in partnership, and these gifts come into the local church to help the local church be uh, matured and strengthened and ready and equipped. And so that's why we've shifted the word to partnership. But local churches are governed by local elders, as TK said. Not, we, NCMI is a team, and that team is the team that I lead. There's no NCMI churches because every local church is autonomous. I hope this is blowing your mind because it should blow your mind because it's so different to what we see in the world today. And every local church is accountable to local elders. And these elders that TK just mentioned will give an account for this church. I won't. We won't. I will for the years I had here as leading it. But you in partnership with us as a team, we work through you guys into your local church. So that's kind of how the thing works. It works great, it's biblical, it's right, it keeps people free, keeps accountability and a reality, and it keeps us linked to the bigger picture, which is God's way, right from Genesis to Revelation. Very cool. All right. I like. No, no, no. I've got one more. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm expecting an honorarium for this. Let me just tell you. I'm just joking. That's a joke. Some of you, just tell them I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Well, I'm not yeah. <laughs> what? Partnership, bro. <laughs> yeah. I'll send you a hanky, sure. <laughs> You're a bad dude. We, uh, you know, we love the, the one, of, one of the things that is amazing in the Word of God is, is the organic nature of what God does, right? To describe, often um, language used to describe stuff is very organic. The church is a body, it's, or, it's organic. Um, and there's this organic nature to leadership as well. You know, when you look at, I love that text in Samuel. I've tried to work it out. Literally, I've tried to script it. I've tried to draw it. It's impossible. Where David has three, and they were part of the 30, and then, but then there was this other 30 that wasn't part of the three, and it's like, it's such confusing language, yeah. and yet they all played a role. They all played their part, Right? They all, they all had their things that they were doing, and David trusted these guys, and these guys were commanders, but they weren't part of the 30, but they were part of the three. And it's like, it's mind-blowing, the organic nature of leadership. And I, and I love that, because for us, leadership is about, and, and this is actually what I was going to preach this morning, so I'm just going to tell you what I was going to preach, because there's a great demonstration of that here for us to catch a little bit of that. 
It's this organic nature of leadership and leadership teams and teams within teams. So I, I, I love this thing. I, I've served on this team. I served with, with Ty's dad since 1995. And then when we came to America, the church that we took over, five people, $340,000 debt, didn't allow me to be on team. So I stepped off for a season. Ty brought me back on team. And so there's this beautiful thing of like, you're on team, you're off team because of the situation, not sin. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't off team because of sin. I was off team because of the church situation. But then as soon as the church situation is resolved, Ty brings me back on team. You know, it's on team, off team, back on team. The, the, the crazy thing is that all the work that we did into Mexico and opening up that nation, most of that work happened when I was off team, which is part of the apostolic mandate is new faces, new places, right? And so there's this, there's this organic thing there's an organic thing in the life of the church as well, where we've got elders and we've got team guys. Ty and I both serve on the team. Ty leads the team. I serve on the team. But, but there's this, this partnership. So Ty's here leading the team, but he's not on the eldership team. There's elders here that are not on the team, but there's an elder here who is on the team. Can, can you see what I'm saying? And, and, and it's so easy for us to get a little bit blurred by it only if we think hierarchical. And Ty used a great word there. When you, when you read the gifting, when you read those giftings, it says first of all apostles, not overall apostles. That word first of all undoes that hierarchical thinking. I'm going to be a good saint. Then I'm going to be a good deacon. Then I'm going to be a good elder. Then I'm going to be on the team. And so we think step ladder rather than this organic nature of God. Does that, does that make sense? And so we, we had an incredible privilege, I believe, this, this week to see Chris and Cheryl added to the NCMI team. Isn't that wonderful? Brilliant. They carry a role, incredibly faithful couple, served in their church in San Clemente, 18 years. I keep adding years. 17 years. 19 years. I keep adding years. Next week, they're going to have been there for 21 years. But... Uh, but just served incredibly faithfully, moved here to come and be part of what Ty's doing in CMI to help him administrate, help uh, Ty and Nicole carry some of that thing into the nations. That's, 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 an that's an incredible thing. And as Ty said, we, we, we absolutely are doing our best to be biblical in this thing, to carry this thing, to, to understand the organic nature of, of leadership. Ty led this church, and he's in the church. Not only is he not the leader, he's not an elder, but he still leads the, you know what I'm saying? It's just, like actually when we try to explain this to people, people oftentimes people go, huh? What are you talking about? So, do you want to comment real quick, or is there a comment, or? Yeah, or get the organic nature of leadership. Yeah. If you're organizational, we still need you. Please understand that. And <laughs> if you are an, a... Uh, no, no, seriously. We need all gifts working together. But you've got to think kingdom, not business. And, and nothing wrong with business. But if you ran your business like the kingdom of God, you'd actually be, probably have more effect and keep it real. Most systems are there to serve you. We're not there to serve the systems. And we need to know that when it comes to organic leadership. Most guys put things in place, they hold a position, they don't function in a position. And so we are stuck to a position rather than a verb, a doing word, action. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's what Paul writes when he writes to the, the, the leaders. And he says, if you, if you desire the office of an overseer, he says, you desire a, a noble task, not a position, a task. And, and I'm saying that to say, if you don't function in that task anymore, you cease to be that in its position. Otherwise, you're just hanging on to a title, not functioning. And so that's how this thing works with us. And TK stepping off um, for a season, glad it wasn't sin. And just so you know, when there is sin, we still can work things through and step guys on. And we've done that and seen them, I stepped them off and seen them work out their sin yeah, stuff restored, and yeah. back in. It's not like you've done for life. You know, in God's economy, there's restoration if we deal with stuff right and it's not just to get guys off, it's to get guys into the future God has for them. So we've seen that. But obviously with Terry, he stepped off for circumstantial things. And, and again, but he could still function in the heart of it. He didn't have to stop being someone. Uh, but then we recognize he's back, back on. Same as this local church. I mean, I, I want you to know, and, I, and I'm not trying to convince you, I get nothing from this. I'm as committed to this church as I was the day Nicole and I planted this yep, church. It's true. Now, having said that, I'm not playing the same role. And in reality... Not that I was invited to stay on uh, as an elder here, because we didn't. But it was not. It didn't make sense in my role not being here. Mm. I'd love to carry a position where I walk in and tell everyone what to do, but I'm never here. Isn't that sound great? <laughs> I mean, that's the American church dream, but it's not in the kingdom. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I'd love to arrive here and preach and offload every Sunday my revelation, but never have anything to do with you. Sounds like a dream, doesn't it? It's not God. You can't shepherd people from the pulpit if you're not available to shepherd the people. So, yeah. all that to say is that it's based not on your, your, your identity in God or how people see you, based on the way you can function or you can't function. And so yeah. organic nature, you're not devalued. You just understand your role in it. Sometimes you can be functioning, other times you can't. There will be a day, believe it or not, when Terry's not leading this church anymore. And God wants that. Even if you don't, and I used to get him mad, but that's true. <laughs> because God doesn't... Built to man, he builds to himself, and he wants the church functioning in it, and the seasons that God has. So all that to say, that's why organic leadership and nature is needed. If you're not willing, you're going to be stuck. And we've got people in the wrong place doing the wrong thing because they're stuck on a position rather than they've understood that the organic nature of God. The wind blows wherever it chooses is yeah. God's way. Yeah. And so for us, organic nature is the heart of God. We don't hold for a position we just function in who God's called us yeah. to be. And so it works great. Yeah, brilliant. All right, thanks. Thanks, thanks buddy. Thank you. <clears throat> it's, uh, so all of that for me was just stirred afresh. Um, there was a guy that led a large church, said this. He said, people suffer from mission drift. Nobody wakes up one morning and goes out to heck with a mission. At least I don't think you do. But it's just like we suffer mission drift, you know. And Ty has, uh, a little while ago, referred to himself as the chief reminding officer, you know. <laughs> Businesses have CEOs, CFOs, and he said he's the chief reminding officer to remind us. And one of the things he does incredibly well is remind us, keep your focus on Jesus. And so, and so when we go to these things, we go to these equips or pastors, whatever it is, often there's a reminder. And so that helps us, that helps us to avoid this mission drift and just brings us back. And I, that, that certainly was it for me this week as we, as we sat at the equip, as we were with all of these churches. It's this reminding of this thing that there's a biblical pattern in Scripture, Right? And, and we tend to get so clever. We tend to think that we know better than the Word of God. Well, God put this pattern in place, 
But, but if we apply these business models, we'll get more from it. Like God didn't know what he was doing. Like we can improve on the word of God, right? And actually we go back to the pattern and back to the pattern. And the more we go back to the pattern, not pattern over person, but the more we go back to the pattern with the personhood of Jesus Christ as our absolute chief cornerstone, the more we're going to see biblical fruit and biblical blessing. Gee, I thought I'd get more than one amen for that. We have to get back to the pattern. Even this thing of organic leadership is a biblical pattern. So sometimes we, we see this in, in churches, dealing with a church now that has to undo a whole lot of stuff. Boards. They've got a, a, a board. Not in the Bible. You cannot find an executive board in the Bible. Why would we think we've got to have an executive board to keep the elders accountable? Do you know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not there. And elders walk in mutual accountability. Right? And then we walk in accountability for the big picture with the translocal team. Yeah. That's a biblical pattern. And if we walk in that pattern, we're going to see biblical fruit and biblical blessing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So this is what I wanted to speak on this morning. Philippians 1, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons. And then he goes on. I quoted this. I thank God every time I remember you because of your partnership in the gospel. It's just an incredible thing. So there's a pattern here, right? Paul, an apostle, right? Small a, Paul, an apostle, speaks of function. It's where he's functioning, right? Paul, an apostle, writes to the church. He writes an apostolic letter to the church. And the first people that are charged to read the letter is who? To all the Saints, not dead Christians. Every single one of us in the life of the church has the same mandate to partner with the apostolic team that those of us on the team do. Are you doing okay? So saints first. First to the saints. Then to the overseers. Then to the deacons. And I, I love this thing in Acts, when we read the book of Acts, it, it says this often, the apostles and elders. The apostles and elders. And then it says this, and I've used this as a pattern for what I want to do when I get asked to go and visit a church or go preach into a church. It says this, when they often you see this in the book of Acts, after they had had a, a visit from an apostolic team member, it says this, the church was strengthened and encouraged. That's our role, to strengthen and encourage the church. If I get invited to go preach... Dave was here just recently. I got invited to preach at 614 Church in Columbus. My function is to strengthen and encourage the church, not go tell my funniest jokes and preach my latest sermons and get the biggest rah-rah. Right. It's to go, what is God saying? And that's the heart again for our equip. When we gather, what is God saying to the churches? We've gathered all these churches together. How do we strengthen and encourage the churches? Yes, Does that make sense? Apostolic pattern. It's apostolic pattern. It's a biblical pattern that will lead to fruitfulness and effectiveness and has seen the gospel preached to all nations. Can't do it on our own. No local church can take that on. No local church can take on the biblical mandate of God to see nations discipled. Go and make disciples of all nations. Good luck. Any local church. I don't care how big you are. 
You could fill Bronco. You could be the church that can fill Bronco Stadium three times on a Sunday. You still are not big enough to disciple the nations. It's going gonna, it's gonna to demand partnership at every level. Comfortable, uncomfortable. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was just joking with Chris. And you've heard me say before, I'm a homebody. I like to be at home. And I'm a loner. I was like, how did I get involved in something that involves millions of people in over 100 nations? How? That's not a lot. Uncomfortable. Absolutely. But biblical? Absolutely. Biblical pattern? Absolutely. Jesus Christ as our head? Absolutely. Us getting on with the task of getting the gospel preached to all nations? Absolutely. So incredible this year at the Equip to, to just have guys stand up five or six church plants that are going off in the next little while. And more guys that are coming to plant in New York that weren't able to make the Equip. Two church plants going off in New York at the same time. We've got a partnership in that, friends. We've got a partnership. We've got a prayer partnership. We've got a financial partnership. We've got a team partnership. We've got a team partnership. We're looking for those, waiting for those calls to say, can you send a worship team? Yes, we can. Can you send somebody to train us on kids' ministry? Yes, we can. Can you send somebody to help us with this? Can you send somebody to help us set up our sound gear? Yes, we can. Whatever you need, we'll do our absolute best to help you. Why? Because we're in partnership. Does that make sense? It's incredibly exciting because it involves every single one of us. This, this call of the gospel to the nations, not for a few super saints, not for a few super spiritual people, not for, not for Ty and Nicole who lead the team, not for me and Sandals who've been on the team since 1995. Not for Chris and Cheryl who've been on the team for 48 hours. No, 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 no. It's for every single one of us. It's for every single one of us. Every single one of us to be involved. Every single one of us to say, yes, Lord, Yeremiah, send me. Yeremiah, I can go. I can go. I can give. I can pray. I can serve. They did a Dubai in uh, uh, Dubai. They did an equip in Dubai. Right? Middle East, did equip in Dubai. There was a church from South Africa that flew how many people to do kids' ministry? Ten people. Ten people from the same local church in South Africa flew to Dubai and said, for the whole, huh? Abu Dhabi, I'm sorry. For, for the whole equip, we're going to take care of kids' ministry so that all of you that are part of the church in this region can be in every session so you can be strengthened and encouraged. Apostolic partnership. Apostolic partnership. What are you doing? Telling the kids Bible stories. Apostolic partnership. You see what I'm saying? It gets super exciting, friends. It gets super exciting. When we buy into the biblical pattern, we'll see biblical fruit. We'll see biblical blessing. Let's stand together. Sorry, we're over time. Cannot tell a lie. It was all Tyron's fault. He took too long to answer the questions. Ma. I'm joking. Father, your word says, where there's unity, you command a blessing, Lord. We want to see unity at every level, Father. Saint to saint. We want to see it in the leadership of the local church. We want to see it in our partnership with the translocal team. We want to see it in every church that partners with the translocal team. Not just unity of vision, Lord, that's the lowest level, but unity of heart as well. We're in this. We're with you.
We stand with you. We'll do what we can. Father, would you lift us and stir us again this morning, Lord, for the Great Commission. For the Great Commission. As we put our eyes on you this morning, Lord, and then you highlighted individuals and then brought us back to the big picture. What an incredible picture even that is of all that we're involved in. We love you and bless you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for salvation. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for all that you did on the cross. Thank you for that word this morning, Lord, that we are separated from all our sin forevermore. But thank you too, Lord, that you called us into a life of significance. A life where we can count for you. A life where we truly, Father, can play a role, a part in seeing the nations discipled and ultimately, according to Matthew 24, the gospel preached in all nations and then the return of Christ. Thank you, Father. Each and every single one of us, youngest to oldest, can play a role in that, Father. We're incredibly grateful. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen, friends. Bless you, bless you, bless you.